Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an All-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. The NBA season is a wrap. The Stanley Cup final is underway. Major number three of four with the U.S. Open on the golf season. Moving day has begun. And there's about 100 games to go in the Major League Baseball regular season. We're going BetQL heavy this morning here on Early Odds. There's yours truly. Weekdays 8 to 11 a.m. on the BetQL Network. My guy Ryan Horvat. Weeknights 6 to 10 p.m. on the BetQL Network. He's standing by. Hockey maven Lindsey Brown of the Bet in Las Vegas has Game 2 plays for you. And we'll talk MLB betting with PointsBet and Hawthorne Racecourse's Jim Miller. Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. Ryan Horvat has BetMGM tonight, weeknights on the BetQL Network. Sometimes you catch the end of his shows right here on 670. The score maybe after an early Cubs game, but you can catch it live on the BetQL Network via Odyssey app, 105.9 FM, HD2 right here in Chicago, 6 to 10 p.m. And his Twitter bio says that he's a fan of Enrique Iglesias. I'm curious, is that a new addition? And song number one in the power rankings, Hero, Escape. Bailamos, where are we going? Yeah, it's got to be Bailamos, man. I mean, anytime that comes on, no matter what mood you're in, I knew it. It's like, a, it's like, a, but uh, Escape is also great. That reminds me of my high school days. I put Escape um, higher. Yeah, yeah. Give, give, give me is, a beat. Give me a beat. Let's go. Ding, ding, ding. I love it. Uh, Hero's great. Hero reminds me of like every grade school, high school dance that would always be played. More high school. Uh, I just feel like Enrique is very underrated, and I was doing a show with my co-host, and they had never heard of Enrique Iglesias. Yeah, what the heck? Well, Seriously? All they, really, all they care about is Drake. I don't know. Like, all right. This is what, this is what I need realized. to talk about them. This is when I realized, man, I'm getting old. Now, I don't hate Drake. I like Drake. He's fine. But I don't feel the need to live tweet. Like, when an album comes out, live tweet lyrics. Why does everybody do this now? Not everybody. The people you follow. I'm glad I don't follow <laughs> those people. Yeah, but uh, I do like me some Enrique Iglesias, man. I'm still recovering right now. Uh, my apologies. Yeah. I, I, I was going to go there. Happy early Father's Day. I thought your Father's Day president was going to yeah. be a game seven to cap off tomorrow night, but uh, we're not getting it. Yet it kind of dawned on me 
Thursday afternoon. It's like, you know what? I haven't heard anybody say Golden State's going on the road and winning the title, and we're not going to get a game number seven to cap off the weekend. And I'm like, uh, yeah, you know, the turnovers, the way the Seas have been playing the second half of the series, it could absolutely happen. And it did, even though it looked early on like, okay, Seas showed up. They're going to extend the series. They couldn't even cap off the first quarter bet that everybody was on. Right, exactly. And it was looking so good. I mean, they got out to, what, a 12-2 lead. Golden State couldn't knock down a jump shot. Jason Tatum came out, looked like he was going to perform like the top five player that we thought that he'd finally become. Jalen Brown. Now, Jalen Brown actually brought it. Al Horford had a really good game. And Robert Williams was playing that series about 65 70%. The team doctors were talking about what he had to go through just to play in that series. He's a really good player. So. Best player on the Celtics in the series. Oh, Not I close. agree, man. I love him. And he's got the best nickname, Time Lord. Also, you know, Al Horford had a couple stinkers, but also he's getting a little bit older. He was really good. Uh, Marcus Smart flopping all over the place. That's the thing with Boston. They were the most frustrating team I'd ever placed a future on because, I mean, they're so great defensively. They were the best team defensively pretty much the second all season long, really. But they flopped so much. And then on the offensive end, every time they don't get a call, a call doesn't go their way. Rather than getting back on the defensive end, Jason Tatum does this all the time. He goes Euro step, gets the ball stripped. Then he just looks at the official, throws his hands up and gives up a wide open three on the other end. So just really frustrating. I knew it was over once Steph started knocking down those jumpers because, I mean, they had to win game five. If there's a playoff game and Steph Curry doesn't knock down a three-pointer, you have to capitalize and win that game. You know, Clay Thompson started looking like the old Clay a little bit. Andrew Wiggins. I would have been, I, you know, it, I was saying this last night, if Iggy doesn't steal that first finals MVP from Steph, I would have had no problem with Andrew Wiggins being the finals MVP. Granted, he was the fourth leading scorer on this team in the postseason yeah. behind Jordan Poole's coming off the bench. But man, look what he did on the defensive end. Look what he did in the Western Conference finals against Luka after those first couple games. And then look what he did defensively against Jason Tatum. It's easy just to go on social media and rag on Tatum this week because he was terrible. He scored 13 points in a closeout game. But Wiggins... And he's the only so player tough. to ever have 100 turnovers in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Everything that's coming to him, he deserves, man. Yeah. Like, he was not good. I also think he might be a little bit more injured than we know about that shoulder injury that we thought was a stinger a couple of weeks ago. Sure. I... uh it sucks, man, because when are we going to get that opportunity again? You know, usually when I bet these NBA futures, I look at the top four or five teams on the board. I'm not looking for these long shots. I'm not looking for a 35 to one, 40 to one ticket usually in the NBA, mm -hmm. because we know who the top teams are. We have the super teams, but uh, this year was a little bit different. Got Boston 35 to one. They were two games below 500 at the time. And we rode it all the way to the finals game six. They had a two, one lead. And they just completely fell apart. So congratulations to the Warriors. Steph definitely deserved it. Glad that he finally got his finals MVP. But I'm upset for myself. And I'm more upset that just, man, Sunday night, Father's Day, 9 p.m. here, Eastern time, we don't get a game seven. That's what I was looking forward to. I'm glad you brought up long shots. So let's go there. We're not used to seeing larger numbers make it all the way to the NBA finals. Right now, we've seen it in other sports over the years. You think about the variance in hockey, not this year, but most seasons. Same thing with Major League Baseball. And if you think about the sports landscape and the sports betting la landscape in particular of late, we've seen midseason long shots make it all the way to the end. Yeah. NFL, Bengals, higher than 100 to 1. 
They're playing in the Super Bowl. You just mentioned the Celtics. Some people got title odds 100, 150 to 1. So you're definitely going to make a big profit, especially when they're up to one in the series. Last year at the trade deadline, the Atlanta Braves were 50 to 1. A yep. few years ago, the ultimate long shot, St. Louis Blues fire their coach midseason. They win the title and you can get them 250, 300 to 1. March Madness, North Carolina going into the tournament was 175 to one and they make it all the way to the title game. Do you think we are seeing more parity across all sports? And does it make it more likely that you will place a wager mid season when we see some value on some of these long shots? Yeah, man. And a couple of years ago, it was the nationals in major league baseball. Dang, and I was like, okay, yeah. now it's time to buy in with your Davey Martinez, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, you know, things have changed growing up. I, can't, I always think about this, like growing up, obviously I was a huge nineties bulls fan, which is funny because last night I was watching game one of the 97 finals uh, bulls, Utah again, for some reason on YouTube. And I was thinking, man, how easy would this have been, especially like going into that series because they had just knocked off Miami in five games and Jordan was in this huge shooting slump and Pippen, they didn't even know if he was going to be able to play game one. I was like, man, we might've got a decent price on the bulls to win this series against the jazz who had won 60 games. Malone was the MVP of the league. Now we're seeing more parody. Like I'm looking at the board for mm -hmm. next year already. The Warriors open up as the favorites plus 550, Boston plus 650. I wouldn't play either of those teams. We are seeing some prices I really like. And I'll probably wait though till the midseason because teams fire their coaches, teams make moves. That's the other thing about the NBA, man. Like we don't see as many super teams now. I think that's kind of dead, but we do see a lot of midseason trades. Who would have thought James Harden was going to be moved for Ben Simmons midseason? So maybe you do wait. And Boston was a perfect example. They were two games below 500. They couldn't figure out their point guard, right? Like that's their problem. And that's why they lost ultimately in the finals. You're never going to be able to turn the basketball over 21 times against the Golden State Warriors and beat them in a seven game series. But first it was Kyrie. That didn't work out. Then it was Kemba Walker. Hell, this year before they fully went to Marcus Smart, it was Dennis Schroeder. He was their starting point guard for a while. So I will wait, but I think there's some attractive prices. Right now, the Grizzlies, who are the best regular season team, one of the best regular season teams, uh, the best regular season team against the number this year, they're 14 to 1. The Heat are 14 to 1. And if you listen to that Pat Riley press conference after they lost in seven games to Boston, he threw everybody other than Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Oh, man, he Boston. hates Lowry. Hates Dude, Lowry. I will be shocked, and everybody wants to play in Miami. What if they end up with like a Bradley Beal or another score? So that's a good price, 14 to 1. And then I'm looking, the Bucks are plus 750. And how about one more? The Mavs, 14 to 1. They go to the Western Conference Finals pretty much with Luka and Jalen Brunson. Now they'll be able to max Jalen Brunson and pay him because they have another another guy, a stretch four in Christian Wood as they make that deal for him. So I like that 14 to one price because Christian Wood, you know, the last two years in Houston has averaged 20 and 10 about. So now you have Luca with an upgrade over KP, what they tried a couple of years ago with Porzingis that didn't work out. So I think there's going to be some good prices and I think things have changed, man. Yeah. I think we're seeing more parity now, than, now more than ever in every sport. You can find a better number on the Bucks than you just mentioned as well. And I think they should be the second favorite instead of sitting behind teams like the Clippers right. and the Brooklyn Nets. Bulls 66 to 1 after a playoffs in which it was all about three point shooting and defensive efficiency. I do not like their chances, Horvey. No, I would want 100 to 1. I'm kidding. Um, no, I'm not. I would want at least 100 to 1. 
here's the problem, man. Is Lonzo, what's up with Lonzo? Is he going to be fully healthy? Because it's easy to rag on the Bulls and say this team plays no defense. They don't play any, any perimeter defense. But, I mean, Caruso was injured for their, after the Grayson Allen thing. And then uh, losing Lonzo Ball was huge because of what he brings, obviously, defensively. He's one of the better perimeter defenders in the league, but also he's such an improved three-point shooter and facilitator. That injury killed. I need to know if he's going to be fully healthy. I want to see what they do this offseason. I'm one of the few. I don't want Rudy Gobert, although I, I would take no. Rudy Gobert over Booch, but no. I don't want to pay Rudy Gobert, man. A guy like Donovan Mitchell would be great. I just – it's funny because I talk, we talked to all these people, man, and everybody's like, yeah, yeah, the Bulls have no chance at landing them, so you just got to re-sign Zach. And I, I hate hearing that. Huge market like Chicago, a, a team with a history like the Bulls, like how, how are they not always in the market for a top free agent? Why doesn't everybody want to play in Chicago? Now, hopefully – getting rid of Gar Foreman and John Paxson. Hopefully things change. And I like the direction that they're heading, but they're not winning a title anytime soon. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score. Thanks for listening on this Saturday morning. Ryan Horvath here, Bet MGM tonight on the BetQL Network. All right, Ryan, let's uh, transition to a little football and a little hockey before I let you go. Yeah. Vikings Packers. NFC North, okay? That, that's where I want to go, and I know you are one of many that I'm starting to hear lately. Before it was all about the Lions, now I'm hearing more and more people talk up the Vikings, but you're a Packers fan. Can the Vikings, with Kevin O'Connell calling the plays, have a better offense than the Devontae Adams-less Packers? Man, that would be the team that would make me nervous. I do. I did go over on the Bears win total. I think they're going to be much improved. Whoa, I do geez. believe in Justin Much Fields. improved. I don't know about – okay, well, I, I don't think they could be any worse than they were last year. How about that? Okay. Bears? But what about them trying to lose? What about Bears? that part? Are they going to try to lose or are they going to try to evaluate Justin Fields this year? I don't know. I, I, I think in this division – I don't feel great about that bet, but um, <laughs> I, I, everybody's hyping up the Lions. Everybody's bought into Dan Campbell. Their quarterback is still Jared Goff, man, and he's still very limited. Mm-hmm. I like the Vikings a lot. I hate to say that because I have to fully invest in Kirk Cousins, but they were 16 to 1 to win the NFC. I like the price to win the NFC North. I just feel like if you're going to fade the Packers, this is finally the year to do so because the last time the Packers had this many question marks heading into a season. It was the final year where Mike McCarthy was there before they fired him, what, week 15 that season and moved on to, well, before Matt LaFleur, Joe Philbin becomes the interim head coach. But they had drafted three rookie wide receivers and they just expected Aaron Rodgers to trust them right off the bat, and he didn't. Uh, MVS, St. Brown, and then Jamon Moore, who I believe is no longer in the league. So, you know, you look at the receiver room for Green Bay and you could say, okay, I mean, let's not – it's just one dude losing Devonte Adams, but he's the best receiver in the league mm-hmm. and he's the best route runner in the league. And look at his targets the last three years, man. Like that's Aaron Rodgers' go-to guy. And you don't really replace him with anything. Alan Lazard is the number one wide receiver. He's a great, he's a great blocking wide receiver, but he's not a number one. Randall Cobb's a slot wide receiver and he's 30 years old. Amari Rogers wasn't very good as a rookie out of Clemson. I like the rookies. I like Christian Watson. But again, is Rodgers going to trust a rookie? Now, the thing about Green Bay is they did really improve on the defensive side of the ball. They get Jair Alexander back from that shoulder injury. Eric Stokes was awesome last year as a rookie out of Georgia. So they have a good secondary. They improve at the linebacker position. They finally get Kenny Clark some help on the defensive line. So they're going to be tough. I could see them being a top 10 defense. But I think Mike Zimmer was the problem in Minnesota the last three years, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, Kirk Cousins. 
he had a good year last year. I know we know that you know we can't trust him in prime time. Don't trust him in a big spot. Efficiency, but, the numbers are impressive, but scoreboard at the end of the games, they should be scoring more points with all the talent than they do. I always back the team in the NFC North that has the new coach. You know, first it was Matt Fair. Nagy, then it was Matt LaFleur. And now Kevin O'Connell like reminds me a little bit of Matt LaFleur because the problem with Mike Zimmer, he was this defensive-minded head coach, but they were terrible defensively the last couple of years. Go back and look at how they lose that game against Detroit last year where they couldn't stop him in the red zone. Mm -hmm. Just disgusting stuff. So I think Kevin O'Connell will be a huge upgrade. I think offensively they're going to average probably 28 to 30 points per game because I love Justin Jefferson. I think he might end up being the best receiver in the league this year. Uh, Adam Thielen, if he could stay healthy, is still great. Delvin, and you Cook, are in. Game, you are all in. Okay. Then look, at, then look at the defensive side of the ball. Zadarius Smith, year one in that contract, is going to be a monster because now he's he gets to face Green Bay twice, including week one. Yeah, I like Minnesota, man. I can see them winning 11, 12 games. It pains right. me to say that. But you know I, your boy uh, Rodgers is going to be out to prove that he can get it done without Devontae Adams, and people are picking Detroit, Minnesota. Yeah. He's, he's hearing I, all that. We'll see. Really quick on that, man. 9-1, to one, though, only for him to win a, a third straight MVP. First off, it's not going to happen. I wanted to no. play it. Give me at least 12-1. to one. He's got his girlfriend, Blue Heaven or whatever, <laughs> into the weird stuff, and now – and now he hears Devontae Adams come out yeah. and compare him to Derek Carr. Yeah, He's going to yeah. have a monster year. That's I just, what I'm saying. I, hey, they're going to be a running team. I'll tell you this. If you want to play anything Green Bay, uh, please, please, please give us 2-1 to one plus 200 odds on A.J. Dillon anytime touchdowns again this year, especially in cold weather games. He's going to have a monster year. All right, our friend Lindsey Brown is going to come on next. I'll ask her about the Vikings because she laughs at them. She's from Minnesota, but she's going to be breaking down Stanley Cup game number two this evening. Do you have a pick? I do. So I'm on Colorado. Uh, I played them early on in the season. Didn't get a great oh. number. It's just they're the best team. I mean, are you, are you talking about a future? Or are you talking about for tonight? Uh, future. Okay. A future. Tonight, I actually lean Tampa Bay, man. So Colorado, they controlled the majority of game one. Um, they're looking to take this 2-0 series lead. But, man, this is Tampa Bay. And you're giving me plus 130. I think this series goes six, maybe even seven games. Yep, so yep. I'm going to take Tampa Bay tonight because that price is too good to pass up. I got to be honest, man, the series price, if you're getting three to one odds right now, is too good to pass up on the back-to-back -back champs. Everybody picked against them in the first round. I know New York was the trendy pick in the last round, but I hate betting against this team. I think they even up the series tonight, but I like Colorado as far as the series uh, goes, but I do think Tampa Bay wins tonight. And then it's really hard. It's really, really hard for me not to bet the over. I've been going back and forth. Really? See, if I'm thinking Tampa Bay's going to win, I would lean the other way. Ah, it's tough. See, I was on the I know, it is one, tough. and that came through. I mean, well, I was just surprised to see that total at six, and I guess that's what we're going to get when we have Colorado out there. But, you know, if you go back to, I think, like the last 25 Stanley Cup final games, the total was five to five and a half. So seeing that six was a little shocking. Had yeah. to bet the over, and we barely got home. I mean, what did it end? Four, three. Um, because they went to overtime, it went over, right? Yeah, so I'm going to stay away from the total, but I do like Tampa Bay tonight quite a bit. Yeah, they're just playing it in the middle because in the Western Conference Finals, it was six and a half. Eastern Conference Finals, it was five and a half. I think the six makes sense. Don't think Vasilevsky's going to give up three goals in the first period oh. again. Uh, but I am getting Game 6 NBA Finals vibes. It concerns me. I think a lot of people are going to be on Tampa Bay, but I agree with you overall there. Good luck with your Colorado Avalanche futures.
Ryan Horvat, a regular here on Early Ons. Check him out on BetMGM tonight, the BetQL Network, 6 to 10 p.m., Odyssey app, 105.9 FM HD2 here in Chicago. And sometimes you can catch a little bit of a show right here on 670, The Score. Horvy, enjoy your Father's Day tomorrow and uh, the rest of the U.S. Open. Uh, best of luck with all your betting. Joe, you as well. Before I go really quickly, uh, as you know, our running joke is I care about college football way too early before anybody else. Let me uh-huh. tell you four win totals all in the eight. Oh, really quick. Georgia that, Tech oh. under four and a half. Thank Louisville you. over five and a half. Pitt under seven and a half. And my favorite, Wake Forest over eight and a half. All of those I love. You know how hard it was for me not to interrupt you there just so the people can get those win totals if they're interested in those win totals. They're interested. Georgia Tech, under four and a half. Well, okay, next time we talk, I'm sure we'll take a deeper dive into football, both levels, all right? Take notes, all right. The man is a maniac. College football win totals on the morning of June 18th. But let's break down some pucks. Have a feeling that the Stanley Cup final will continue to be more competitive than the NBA finals and much of the NBA playoffs overall. Lindsey Brown has picks for Game 2, the series, Con Smythe, and goal scorer props with a ton of value. Lindsey's next. You've got early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturdays 8 to 9 a.m. on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. The Score listener line is open 24-7, 365, empowered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Lindsey Brown from 1140 The Bet Las Vegas making her return appearance here on Early Odds Sports Radio 670. The Score, make sure you follow Lindsey on Twitter at LindseyBrown35. Her show, not your cookie cutter sports radio yacker that you're going to find. How you doing, Lindsey? I'm doing pretty well. I'm just returning from the Bruce Cassidy introductory presser for the head coach of the Golden Knights. And so I'm I'm deep in the hockey mode right now. It's been nothing but for at least the last 12 hours. All right. So these couple of weeks might be your favorite couple of weeks of the year. Let's start with the matchup. This is a typical to uh, what we usually see in the Stanley Cup final around this time of year. Hot goaltender can take you far. Puck luck. Mm-hmm. It's wide open. But what we have were the two teams that started the season number one and number two as the betting favorites to make it here. So we have the two best teams in a hockey. Do you uh, like it or love it? I love it because it's actually really rare that we see kind of a clash of the Titans that we have uh, in front of us this season because hockey is just so random. I mean, I talk to my co-host on the Playmakers, Adrian, all the time. He's just like, is it completely like up in the air? I don't understand. Like, this is why there's a religious component to hockey because you need to have something to believe in when physics and everything else doesn't make sense. And so those, those presidents trophy winning teams like the Florida Panthers this year usually don't end up making it because they either run out of gas or they get a little bit too hot to trot. And so after the last couple of years, no offense to Montreal and Dallas, I'm very excited to see what true best on best hockey looks like for the greatest trophy in sports. A quick look back at game number one. The overtime session tells betters that that was a coin flip game. Is it going to be a coin flip series? Do you think this is going to go the distance, possibly get our game number seven and uh, numerous results like this really close to the very end? 
I mean, best case scenario for me is seven games because it's just too good of a hockey hockey matchup. And, and as you said, it's a coin flip. And that's what you want. That's the ultimate drama. This is the time of year where even the most casual hockey fans that usually spend their, their attention in other sports are like, this is the best format. This is just like we're on all on drugs right now. And it's absolutely true. And in terms of like, what each game is and how it unfolds. I mean, last night we saw the Colorado Avalanche come out of the gate ready to go. And after an eight day layoff, I mean, I was one of those people. I was saying, well, there's something to be said about Russ. And then there's something to be said about being too ready. Like you get too hyped up and too excited, but Tampa Bay was able to weather that storm, even though they were, uh, they got down early. Vasilevsky wasn't as settled. I noticed that he was a little bit quick to react to his saves, but as he plays, the more he settles in and the calmer that he gets. And so that allows the team, to stay confident, even if they get down early to have that comeback and, and they almost finished it off. I mean, it, overtime, it, it truly is anybody's game and where we're going to see a lot of these goal scorers off of block shots or broken plays where that initial save is attempted to be made or everybody's kind of out of position. And all of a sudden you got a wide open net looking right at you. And that's exactly how that OT winner transpired. Lindsay, tell me if I'm off base on something. I've been saying that most of these contests, if Colorado wins, it's probably going to be an over game total six. Again, I don't think that's going to change throughout the series. And if, and when we get Tampa Bay wins, there's a pretty good chance. Those are going to be under games. You agree or disagree? I, I agree for the most part with that, because we know that Tampa Bay, while they do have some juggernaut talent, including Braden point back in the lineup on that third line, he looked a lot better than what I expected for, from him, considering how injured he apparently is. But we know that they're, they basically go into the turtle shell and we're, we're going to block down every shot. We are going to be in defense mode and, and then see if we can make good on our, our power plays or on those broken um, plays in the high defensive zone that maybe the, the avalanche turn that puck over. And so those low scoring games are certainly more fitting to the, to the Tampa Bay Lightning. But I, you could say takeovers, but at the same time, I, I don't really expect Andre Vasilevsky to give up three goals in the first <laughs> period very often. And so I, I would still... I just wouldn't really look at those particular bets in the over under right now. Cause it's just, it's, it's too close of a series and I mean, you get to three, three and you're already right there. And so it, it doesn't take that much to get there. And so uh, I would just look at a different place to make those wagers, but your money, your loss. Sure. Makes sense. Well, what about game number two? We have Colorado at home again, and they're the favorite minus 150 minus 160 range. You'd have to bet 150 on the money line to win 100 and then Tampa Bay, the underdog. Not not a big change from what we saw in game number one, obviously, because the venue is the same. Uh, what, what are you expecting tonight? I'm thinking that Tampa Bay is going to even when I, I really expect the, them to go back to Tampa for games three and four evened out series. I'm really interested to see how Darcy Kemper comes out because this is a guy that hasn't played a ton in the postseason. He's dealt with that eye injury and then an upper body, which is probably something along the lines of concussion symptoms or whatever. They don't tell us anything, but he's not exactly the most precise movers as a former net miner myself. I can see how he's kind of getting himself into trouble, be that because he hasn't been able to skate or be that because the Colorado Avalanche just don't give up that many shots. And some goalies, they struggle with being completely engaged and coming up with a big save if they're not being constantly challenged. I think Darcy Kipper is one of those guys that can struggle with that, especially when he's had some time off. If you watch his feet when he like gaps out to the angle, when he tries to take it away, he, he, he can get his momentum caught between himself. And then it basically 
makes him late for his save or to set his edges. And so I, I think if Tampa Bay could spend a little bit more time in the offensive zone early on, that that could bode well for them. And ultimately, you just want to delay the start or uh, of the Colorado Avalanche train as much as you possibly can. And you want to get in the in the space of, of number eight, Mr. Kale McCarr, and number 29, Nathan McKinnon. That's a tall task. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score, my guest, Lindsey Brown from 1140 The Bet, Las Vegas, talking about the Stanley Cup final. Uh, one thing that stood out from game number one, Lindsey, to me, uh, from the better perspective, is looking at the player props, those popular goal scorers. And the star players, two of them you just mentioned, did not score a goal. Even on the Tampa side, same thing. Did not score a goal. Uh, we did mm-hmm. see Palat cash. That's interesting. And now it looks like we have a little bit more value on some of those top names, like Makar, like McKinnon, like Kucherov to score a goal. Uh, do, mm. you, do you have a feeling, any thoughts on anybody you expect to score a goal tonight? Well, those are easy bets to make uh, with, with the big names, but where you're really going to make your money is in those Palats, in those, I, I think JT Comfer is is due for a goal for the Colorado Avalanche. I think Corey Perry is going to be involved. That fourth line that is kind of reunited between Corey Perry, uh, Belmar, and Pat Maroon, they're going to stir up stuff and they can score goals because they will keep pin you down in your defensive zone and just won't take no for an answer until that thing is in the back of the net. And so that's where I start looking in those third, fourth lines and how they're playing, who's skating better, who's spending more time with, with uh, the puck on their stick. And I'm pretty sure we had a goal from, from Nick Paul last night. And so that's a third line goal from the, the Tampa Bay lightning, but Sergachev for, for defenseman on lightning. He, I love, the wrist shots. I call them wristers for your sisters because they are much less likely to be blocked instead of taking a slap shot. It just takes more time and guys can get into the lane. He is an absolute savant at that. And then in terms of, yeah, McCarr is going to be a great pick, but don't sleep on Bowen Byram either. Like he's going to distribute and those third line defensive pairs. Well, sometimes you're like, uh, I'm nervous that they're out here. Eric Johnson's out there taking care of physicality. So Bowen Byram kind of skate a little bit. So he would also be a guy that I would take a look at for a prop. Great options with value there for your player props in game number two. Something else that I was taking a look at with with the star players uh, not scoring goals for the most part the other night is you can take a look at for the entire series, most goals or Mm. most most points. Uh, Landis Cog is your favorite right now for most goals because obviously scored in game number one. Any names pop to you when I say most goals or most points for the series? I like the Landis Cog pick because he's all he's on the power play. He's involved in that top line and he's always near the net. So if he's not just scoring goals, he's going to get those initial shots that will become rebounds that somebody else will put away. And that's an, that's an assist in everybody else's book. And, and so I really like him in terms of a leader for um, the Colorado avalanche. And then I'm pretty sure Alex Kalorn's name isn't near that top, but I think he's going to be involved too. Usually when Tampa Bay really starts to get down to the nitty gritty, he tends to shine and I'm still waiting for him to kind of come out a little bit, but he's on that second line tasked with slowing down the Langus Gogs, the McKinnons, the Nishushkins. Maybe Nishushkin's a better, uh, a better bet there. Probably just more avalanche. If you're going more points, even if they're losing games, you know, they're going to put them up. What's your game two pick and series pick. I'll take the lightning in game two and I will take the avalanche in the overall series. Ooh. Okay. Okay. So yep. which, which abs player is going to win con Smythe? It's not even close. Like it's not because you have to look at the whole body of work Mm -hmm. and with so much talent on that team, 
it, it's hard to pick a particular forward, but the way that he handled Connor McDavid last round, it's not even his offensive production for me. Cause that's, that's not as big of a premium in this league as it used to be. Cause a lot of defense can do that, but it's his edge work. It's his ability to, to match speed and to keep his gaps and to not let guys get around him and keep that play in front. That's what separates him from Adam Fox's sometimes who, who's won a Norris trophy um, in the last couple of years, another young defenseman for that reason. In addition to Wayne Gretzky saying last round, he was the best player on the ice the entire series, including all of those players we've talked about today and those Oilers. So he's a pretty good pick. Lizzie, I'm surprised that McCarr and McKinnon are co-favorites for Con Smythe at the moment. Because like you said, McCarr, it's not close. And everybody I read, everybody I hear, they say the exact same thing. So I don't understand why it's so close in the odds. And he's got that three-point advantage already. Well, I think people are looking for Nathan McKinnon to basically go into a different level of beast mode. Like this guy hasn't had a complex carb since 2005. And so like, (laughs) he's, he's really that type of teammate. Like, honestly, I wrote down in my notes last night, I am genuinely terrified of the years of influence that Nathan McKinnon is going to have on Kale McCarr because you know that they're going to resign Nathan McKinnon in this offseason. They have to Kale McCarr signed a big deal. I'm like, just think about how young kale is and how impressionable and how much he wants to be probably the best defenseman ever ever and then you have a running buddy that happens to be this guy like when you have those types of people to compete with that brings out a different layer to your game and whether that it's in practice or or, or in the actual games itself you can even see it like new york rangers when chris crier was like literally crying in his press conference talking about mika's has been a job that's what i'm talking about when you have those relationships where you just push each other and so i i I think he's a very motivated man. I think that uh, Sid the Kid and the legacy that is in the hometown that he shares with Nathan McKinnon is very much a motivating factor for this guy. And so I, I don't blame people picking him, but I, I just think Kale's better and, and has had a, a better body of work throughout these playoffs. Lizzie, one more question. It's a football question. Why are there so many people picking your Vikings to win the NFC North? I do not know, Joe. I do not know. You're like the 80th that QL person to mention this to me because I, I just I'm not picking understand. them. I just want to know well, why people okay. are doing it. Well, because it's the NFC North division. It's super weak. The only real threat is the Green Bay Packers. And like, who is Aaron Rodgers going to throw to? And so it's kind of like, you got to, everybody like assumes that the Green Bay is going to be able to walk through. And I, I just don't think that they have as much talent as they've had previously. And maybe the O'Connell thing, like sometimes you get those shocks to the system where you get early success with, with new coaches, but I don't know. I, I don't, I don't trust Kirk cousins. You know that. Yes, I do. I'm just making sure our score audience knows too, but it just feels like people are sick of the Packers bears Mm -hmm. are tanking. So you've got to cross them off the list. So if you love Dan Campbell, you're, you're going lions, you're talking yourself into that. And then the Vikings are left standing there. So it seems like that's what's happening. I like the, I like the ascension of the, of the Detroit lions. I think that the bears are going to finish in fourth place, but Maybe yep. one of these years they're going to start picking the right people or at least retaining the right people. Fingers yeah. crossed for the Chicago thing. Oh, you're very kind to our audience. Yes, I, you I know. know where you're on the air right now. Very I good. know it. Lindsay Brown, she's a pro at Lindsay Brown 35 on Twitter. Check her out. 1140 The Bet, Las Vegas. Lindsay, thank you so much. We'll have to do this again, all right? Absolutely. Looking forward to it, my friend. LB, as good as it gets at breaking down hockey with the sports betting perspective and personality. Up next, our pal Jim Miller wants to update everyone on our MLB plays. And I'm curious what Jim thought of the Triple Crown season. Excitement all around, or did it seem to fizzle out after the 80-1 to bomb? 
You've got early odds with Joe Ostrowski. Saturdays, 8 to 9 a.m. on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. PointsBet Sportsbook is your home for in-play betting. Don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live with more live bet types than ever before. New customers, download the PointsBet app and use code THESCORE to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. With PointsBet, you get more live betting, more live bet types, more live cash outs, and more ways to live your bet life. If you were someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Welcome back. You've got Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, The Score. And you've also got weekly contributor here on Early Odds. His name is Jim Miller of PointsBet Sportsbook and Hawthorne Racecourse. You find him on Twitter, at Hawthorne Jim. Hey, Jim, how are you? Hey, Joe, how are you doing? Doing fantastic. You know, we're uh, winding down baseball season on a much lower level, but we're in the dog days. We're not even at the halfway mark. And every single day that I check the AL Central Division odds based on what the White Sox are doing the night before, it's changing. Nothing like this in any other division in the game. It's absolutely amazing because that's a division where all season long, basically, although the Sox continue to underachieve, they still continue to be the favorite in the division, and they're still not in the lead in the division, Joe. They weren't even in second for a while. The Guardians moved up to second, but, man, there's so much White Sox love. I just tend to wonder if everybody thinks, oh, they're going to get healthy and turn it around. I'm just not sure if it's going to happen or not. It may, but it may be a grind to do so. Earlier this week, I saw the World Series drop as high as I've seen them all season at 28 to 1. It's funny. It's like any glimpse any glimpse of positivity with this team, there are people dying to bet on them. And, you know, a couple wins here, a couple wins there. All of a sudden, the odds start dropping. Okay, we got a p- couple positive nuggets. And then there's Liam Hendricks on the injured list. It's just one thing after another. This does happen with certain teams from time to time. You had Kopech get injured. You've had Tim Anderson on the DL. You've had so many things happen. Liam Hendricks and that. I guess the thing going for the White Sox is, They're done with the Yankees. They're done with the Red Sox. They're done with Tampa. They've only played a handful of home division games this year. So maybe things do turn around. But I guess the biggest question, Joe, is you still look at it. The Twins early on in the season were a great value to win that division. We talked about them to be the Mm -hmm. biggest upset threat to win the AL Central. They still go into the weekend with the lead in the, the division. And they're playing fairly good baseball. I guess the question is, do you think the Twins can hold on or do you think the White Sox do make that run? Yeah, that's a tough one. I I can't lie. I've swayed back and forth on this one a few different times. And we just completely overlook the Guardians. I know yep. the offense is an issue, but that's a talented squad with some real high-level talent that I don't know that we should completely ignore. Uh, maybe it, uh, we ignore them because they're third on the odds board, but that could be a real conversation about that team, the one team that we're ignoring in this. I know you wanted to uh, take a look at uh, yeah. some of the bets that we talked about earlier on in the season. What, what else were you thinking? All right, let's start with the very first bets that we talked about, Joe, before the season even opened. And that was the over-under for victories for the Cubs and White Sox. And I talked about <laughs> under on both. All right, mm-hmm. the Sox were anywhere from 91 and a half. They got all the way up to 93 and a half. And the Cubs had gotten up at one point to 77 and a half. The Cubs are terrible. They were 15 games under 500 right now. The Sox are still hovering right around 500. 
Do you think either of these teams can get that number and get to the over? I don't think they can. Oh, no, I don't think so at all. Even though we have so much baseball left, that's one thing that I am very confident in. I think both of those unders are going to come flying in. So so those are good looks. You know, more recent, but I still feel pretty good about it. How about the Phillies? What do you think about the Phils? The Phillies have gotten back to 500. And here's the thing. You had the managerial change. They kind of slowly climbing back in the race. They're third in the NL East, but they can pitch. They can hit. I think they're going to continue to win some games. I guess the mm-hmm. question is how many they're going to win. It wouldn't surprise me if they play 10 games over 500 over the last 100 on the season. The question is if that's enough to keep them in the mix. You know the Mets are going to have their injuries. And how about the Braves going on a crazy win streak? <laughs> It's been insane for the Braves. The Braves have gotten within striking distance of the Mets where they look to be completely out of it two weeks ago. I know that these streaks are quite normal over the course of a baseball season, but the amazing part to me is the number of teams and how long these streaks are going. And I do not bet against streaks. You talked about the Braves. Same deal with the Yankees when they go, you know, one loss in a matter of a few weeks. And on the negative side, you talked about the Cubs, the Pirates. Then there's also the Brewers, a team in the National League Central. Nobody can win. I can't believe the Cardinals have been plus money in that division as long as they have been. And you and I talked about this before the season, too. We said, okay, what's that team that can upset in the NL Central? And we said it was going to be the Cardinals, and they provided some value. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing about the Cardinals. They have offense, and it's veteran offense. So it's not like they're going to go into a big losing streak or into a big slump because they have guys that have been through basically everything that can happen in baseball. Now they're starting to pitch the ball a little bit and they're in a division where, Hey, we talked early on the season. We thought the Reds were going to be horrible, but the Reds are playing a little bit better, but it's the Reds, Pirates and Cubs that still the Cardinals can feast on and Milwaukee's not playing great baseball right now. The Cardinals are up in that division and they're a team that provided some value early in the season as well. Jim, I don't think there is any award that a player has a stranglehold on. Some would say what we just mentioned with Judge for the AL MVP, but I think you go over all of these, and we've talked about it over the last number of weeks, that we disagree with some of the favorites. MVP, Cy Young both leagues. I'm also willing to go the Rookie of the Year. I don't think any of these awards... They're not worth a bet because they seem to be pretty wide open, unlike what we were seeing at this point a year ago. We thought Seiya Suzuki was going to be a gimme three weeks into the season. And then all of a sudden, they learned how to pitch to him. And then he got hurt. And then you had other guys, and it's more pitchers, I guess I would say, on, on the National League side that are pitching really well. But the rookies that are putting themselves in the mix And if Saya doesn't produce, and if the Cubs continue to be just heading on this downward trend that they are, can you give rookie of the year to a guy in a team who's 30 games below 500? I don't know if you can. So I do think that could bring some of these pitchers into the mix, especially in the NL. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score, my guest weekly contributor, his name is Jim Miller of PointsBet Sportsbook and Hawthorne Racecourse. All right, so we had the Belmont last week. I want to get your overall thoughts on the Triple Crown season. Leg number one, lots of excitement in the sports betting world with the result of the Kentucky Derby. Rich strike, 80-1, to something maybe uh, that we will never, ever live to see again. Then in the second leg, the Preakness early voting. 
gets in there at five to one. And last week, the biggest favorite of the three races, Belmont Stakes, Mo Donegal at five to two, followed by Nest and Skippy Longstocking. Uh, big picture overall, what did you think of the Triple Crown season? Well, it's funny because you mentioned the three winners, Joe, and I think the horse that's actually going to emerge on top as the best three-year-old in the country didn't win any of those races. And that's the horse that ran second in the Derby and second in the Preakness. That's Epicenter. This was a horse that just had a brutal trip in chasing in the Kentucky Derby when the pace was crazy and then got out of the gate really slowly in the Preakness and had to close from last on a track that was holding speed. I think Epicenter is going to turn out to be one of those horses that could just continue to have great races throughout the course of the season and become the champion three-year-old. But you're right. I mean, the Derby was chaos, and it was chaos from the start when Rich Strike drew in five minutes before the betting windows even opened for the Derby. And, and that's part of what led to the value on the horse because nobody had even handicapped the horse at all. And then all of a sudden in the Preakness, you get early voting, who it seemed to make sense because they had skipped the Kentucky Derby and got the race they wanted. Then in the Belmont, I, I personally did think Rich Strike's connections were thinking about it the right way going into the Belmont by skipping the Preakness. But that horse ran a bit of a flat race, and Mo Donegal was a horse who, very familiar with New York, the horse is stabled in New York, ran a really big race. But I think it's going to be the second half of the year will be about Mo Donegal, and it'll be about Epicenter, and those are going to be the two horses that'll duke it out for champion three-year-old when all said and done. Very good. What about the racing today, Jim? What are we thinking? All right, so we got three horses at Hawthorne. We'll bet them all across the board. Race five, bet the one horse, Omaha Red across the board. Race eight, bet the one, Belagamba across the board. And race nine, bet the six, a blazing road across the board. All of them should provide a little bit of value, and hopefully you get a good return for your buck. Good stuff, Jim. Let's talk next week, all right? You got it. Thanks, Joe. Jim Miller, Hawthorne Race Course and Points Bet Sportsbook. Follow me on Twitter by my name, at Joe Ostrowski. That's at Joe Ostrowski. Thank you, Jim, Lindsey Brown, and Ryan Horvath for hanging this morning on Early Odds. Catch me on BetQL Daily, weekdays 8 to 11 a.m. on the BetQL Network, which you can find on the Odyssey app, 105.9 FM HD2 in podcast form, live on Twitch and YouTube as well. And, of course, the score appearances all week. Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw is next Cash those tickets and keep it locked on 670 The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 